Well, hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Podcast. Today, it is my pleasure to have this lovely lady on the call with me, Julie Hoffman, who is a phenomenally successful and experienced real estate investor. Her experience definitely not reflected in how young she looks. She's got a lot of deals under her belt, which is really, really impressive. In fact, you've done over 300 transactions. You've made it big. You've lost it all. You've recuperated. You've seen the good, the bad, the ugly of real estate investing. You've seen what it's like when it's great. You've seen what it's like when it's really crappy. And not only have you lived to tell the tale, but you're still doing it. So that's very, very impressive. And not only that, we're going to be focusing on what Julie does to raise capital. And she has raised a lot of it, $50 million plus so far. And uh, Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. It's so good to be here. You are really one of my favorite people. And I love just being able to hang out with you. So being able to do this and hopefully help some other people at the same time, it's just right up my alley. By the time it was 2005, 2006, we had 36 houses between Grand Prairie, Edson, Edmonton, St. Albert, Sherwood Park. So we were primarily focused, of course, in Alberta. And we were introduced to condo conversion. So that's where you buy an apartment building, you convert it to condos, and you sell it off in pieces. Make big bucks. It was insane the amount of money that we made. We sold all of our houses, did condo conversions. We would make anywhere from 300000 $700,000 a building and they would sell in a month. Wow. It was really fun. Yeah. I'm like bonkers, crazy bananas fun. And I highly recommend it. I, I do. Like quickly you're ahead, but it was really a special time. We're like, all right, let's let this ride. Let's keep going. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do this as many times as we possibly can. Bought five more buildings going into the fall of 2007 because mm. our buyers went away. We had bought the buildings with basically the equivalent of a credit card, very expensive money because we had no intention of holding on to them. Right. Ended up holding on to them for an additional four years. It was really intense. So we spent about 18 months trying to save the properties and then another two, two and a half years fighting with each other. We fighting, fighting, fighting. And then eventually we, I decided to stop fighting. It was like trying to save a, a dead horse that had been dead for two years. Right. And I decided to enter bankruptcy protection. By then we had uh, 22 doors foreclosed on. Mm. investment properties lost our houses like that we lived in yeah yeah it was just a terrible terrible time and uh, my husband and I needed a fresh start he was able to keep his business by the way that was one of the one of the assets that we did not lose in the fallout but we ended up moving to Kelowna but that's when the real estate started back up because I ended up continuing to tell my story about you know just what had happened so people were kind of coming out of the woodwork who needed help yeah. And the cool thing about what I went through is I didn't find anybody who could help me. So I had to become the person who could help people like me in the situation that I was in. And anyway, I was able to acquire a whole bunch of properties, no money down, no bank qualify without, uh, because people knew I understood what they were going through. 
Right. So it's exactly. very easy for me to talk to a motivated seller because I've been in their shoes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so lucky to have gone through what I did because I've been able to save people from bankruptcy. I've been able to help people get into the market who have been told no and no and no by the banks and by their relatives and by their advisors. Right, right, right. Pretty cool because, you know, there's just not a situation because of the magnitude of everything that, you know, we went through. It's not a situation that we can't handle. So it's a blessing. Definitely is. It's always turning the lemons into lemonade. So what do you focus on primarily these days, Julie? What are you and Jeff? We do primarily, uh, right now we're focused on flipping right now. I still do rent to own. We still have some buy and hold that I acquired basically through rent to owns or lease options. Everything I've done I've since rebuilt another multi-million dollar real estate investment portfolio. I haven't used any of my own money. I haven't qualified for a single loan. let's, Let's talk a little bit about that. When did you first start raising capital for your deals? Well, I raised capital for uh, deals starting way back in 2004. Back then, I was really wanting to grow my real estate investment business. And we were tapped out as every investor happens to every investor. See, people with tons and tons of money don't need to go to seminars usually to learn how to you know, do real estate. It's usually right. people that are looking for more. Exactly. We got we got tapped out, and uh, I went to Darren, and I said, what should I do? And he said, well, how are you getting investors? I'm like, well, I'm just telling people all about my deals. So I was like attacking people, stalking people, <laughs> just absolutely scaring people off. So embarrassing. I remember one time I hounded this guy, left him 20 voicemails, and that was back when it was like, um, you know, tape recorders, so I'd run out of tape for him. And then I stopped calling him because I was like, I think maybe he's dead or something. <laughs> maybe he's not interested. So I, I saw him at a Pizza Hut and I remember ducking down my car, so embarrassed because I'm like, oh, he's alive. It must have been the other thing. Oh my gosh. So Darren's like, take sales training. I did. I took Sandler sales training. It was absolutely amazing before I even took my first course. Before I even attended my first class, I raised $36,000 from a dentist for, and it was just more money than I'd ever seen. Pretty so, excited. So fast forward to now, what do you think after all this experience and all these years of raising capital, what do you think is kind of your unfair advantage when it comes to approaching, finding, or, or getting investor partners to come on board with you? I think my unfair advantage is that I go, I work with people so quickly. Like I'm a three call close. I either close the money or I close the file. Hmm. And I always remember that things change with time and circumstance. So somebody that's not yes today, I say I close the file, but I kind of leave it, you know, I leave a little wedge in the door. It's not going to chase after a minute. You're not going to, you're not going to leave 20 messages on their voicemail anymore. No, yeah. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I, I know right away somebody's just kicking tires. And I move on so quickly. You know, a lot of people kind of, a lot of trainers kind of have strategies where you say, maybe you run into somebody again and you say, oh, you know, you lost that on that deal to create. I don't ever do stuff like that. I just, you know, I always leave the door open. And then, you know, I'll send stuff out like this. I do podcasts and coaching and you just never know. All things change with time and circumstance. And I've had people who've said no, say yes, 18 months later. Right. Yeah. Because you left the door open, right? You, you didn't burn the bridge there. So, well, and you got to say, you got to be detached. Yeah. 
and uh, you can't need the deal. Like you, need, you can't need the money, right? You can't need that particular person's cash. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So speaking of finding people, I know you're a very bubbly, outgoing person that you're not shy. What are your best ways of finding new investors? Networking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Going to networking events. The second thing that I recommend, and I've got this whole, like, it's called a networking, street smart networking handbook that mm. you, you're all your folks will have access to for free if they're interested. Um, it's great to network, but you want to make it efficient. Okay. I'm all about efficiency. I've got five kids. Networking. Now, to make it the most efficient type of networking you can, my recommendation, what I did to accelerate my presence in Kelowna, because that's, yeah. Kelowna's a big, small town. I can't, Kamloops a big, small town. I know that. Um, and I know you're very well established there, which is say, you know, saying something. And I, I joined a women's networking group, and I volunteered for the executive. That means it's extra work. It's volunteer work, but you get stage time. Uh, and when you get stage time, then you are, instead of talking to 50 people one at a time, you're talking to 50 people at once. And the better you can get at that, oh boy, it just gives you instant credibility if you can speak in front of people. It takes a lot of practice. And uh, as you know, Dave, I mean, it's, it's huge. Very, very smart. So it's not just networking. It's not just joining the Chamber of Commerce, joining the Women's Networking, joining BNI, joining whatever take a leadership role within the organization so everybody there knows who you are. You're not, you're not just one of the mass who's schmoozing with one-on-one -on -one with everybody. Exactly. And don't do it from a place of, oh, I'm doing this to raise money. Do it from a genuine, I want to help be part of something great. Uh, if you don't, people will see right through that. It's, a, it's also a great way to network as a leader because then you're, then you're with other leaders. You know, and you want to surround yourself with like-minded people. And if you're with other leaders, then they're probably influencers. And if they're influencers, they're probably going to recommend you. So like the reach, I'm reaching my arms. So if somebody's watching this, listening to this, and they are kind of like me back in the day, and they're, they're more on the shy side than bubbly and effusive and, and natural networkers, where would you suggest they start? What would be like a safe place to start networking? Somebody that's shy, who wants to network and meet people and raise money needs to change. Yeah. So I was going to suggest the, maybe Toastmasters would be a good place to start. If you're, if you're really, really, really shy and, and especially if you're afraid of speaking in public, yeah. Toastmasters is great. Have you had experience with Toastmasters? I have had experience with Toastmasters and I love everybody who's ever been in Toastmasters. I really admire their, They've got a format, and they can make, yeah, you're exactly right. They can well, make, what, I, what I like about it is for the wallflowers out there, the really shy people, it's amazing the transformation I've seen in people in just a few short months because they learn a few tricks of the trade, so to speak, when it comes to public speaking that they can apply, and then they, they, they blossom. It's really, really amazing. So if you're wondering where to start, Toastmasters, I would highly recommend. Sandler Training is awesome for sales stuff. I'm familiar with that, too. By the way, everybody can always be networking. And right. the key to that is just to be a great listener and to ask great questions. It doesn't have to be at all related to real estate. But you ask somebody what they do, and you know that they've been working for the city of Kelowna for the past 18 years. Well, 
you know, they probably have some RSPs. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to stay in their job. They probably like their job. Um, they probably qualify for financing, and that's... And they that's, probably know a lot of other people in a similar position. A lot of other people in a similar... Exactly. Birds of a feather. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. I think I got off topic there, Dave. Did I? It's all, no, we're talking about networking. <laughs> okay, good. Yep. So, that, so Kelowna Women in Business, that's the Chamber of Commerce in your town is great. Toastmasters is great to network, not only to learn, but to network. Events, like personal growth events, Tony Robbins events, Har Becker events, Millionaire Mind. All those people get people in a, in a room together. Some real magic can happen. All right, let's switch gears a little bit here, Julie. So... Let's say we've got out networking. Let's say you might even have an investor or two under your belt. What are your suggestions for getting referrals? How do you how do you get referrals? Because I understand you're pretty good at that. But I'm always mentioning what I what I do, how I help people. I like to tell stories about how I've helped people because then they can relate. And if they can't relate, then maybe they're talking to somebody two weeks from now that's right. in the same situation I was talking about, and they say, "Hey, you should go talk to this lady." So that kind of thing, I, I let it happen quite organically. But the other thing that I do mention a lot, I like to mention often, is I'll say, listen, if you send me some somebody and they end up turning into business, whether it be a tenant buyer or an investor, I usually pay about a thousand bucks for a referral. It just depends on how much you know is generated. So keep right. that in mind. That's a really not pushy, not like make things awkward way to to let people know I mean, that you kind of by the way type of thing. I'm not a lawyer, nor an accountant, nor a securities person. Yeah. I've got my general knowledge of things and a little anecdotal indirect experience uh, from, from other folks with these things. What are your thoughts on this and what do you do to stay on the good side of the not so friendly securities commission? I try to structure every deal so that my investor is on title. So they are are entitled secured as a as um, a caveat, or they are the title owner, or they are on title as a mortgage. And I don't, you know, I don't have big conglomerate deals. I still am just doing a lot of one-offs, but you know, sometimes a one-off is $500,000. Sometimes a one-off is $300,000. I don't mix a lot of investors typically unless I can secure everybody on title nicely. So that is one way to keep on the good side because then it's a, it's an investment in a, rather than a paper asset in a hard asset. I've never had a problem with the securities commission, you know, knock on wood. Yeah. And I think it's probably because every every time somebody's been secured on real estate, that is that's big. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to say Olympia Trust or RSPs, you can't do RSPs without following everything to the letter. Yeah. And I nor nor would I want to, but there are some really clever things you can do with RSPs now that I I couldn't do you know ten years ago that it's pretty exciting. It saves a huge amount of money on legal fees to probably a 30 or 35 minute talk in and of itself that you and I can totally do later if you like. Yeah, yeah, but syndication, yeah. do you know about syndication? I know of it. I haven't personally done it, but yeah. It's incredibly powerful. You're talking about with RSP funds? With RSP funds and you can mix, I mean, you can mix cash into there if you want. Mm-hmm. And the point is, you know, you keep people secured on title, and that is really the safest place to be when it comes to investments. It's the Securities Commission 
secure. You know, you got to keep their money secure. So you have to secure your investors as absolutely best as possible. Makes sense. All right. Yeah. So $500,000 question for you, Julie. So if heaven forbid, but if you were having to start all over again from scratch, yeah, none of your current investors, yeah, no money, no portfolio, and you had to raise $500,000 in the next 90 days. Yes. Knowing what you know now, what would you do? I'd give away the lion's share to the partner. If I had to do it 90 days, I can raise money pretty fast. I can. Not everybody can. But I would if I really needed to get it done in 90. So I structure it so my deal partner gets 90% of the profit and I get 10. Got to get it done. And then I move on to the next 90 days. And maybe I'd structure it 80-20. And then the next 90 days... You know, until I'm at a 50-50 position. And then by that time, I've already, I've established another track record, right? Exactly. Right. And I would also emphasize when I'm selling to the investor, because that's what you're doing. You're, you're in sales now, everybody. Surprise. <laughs> Wait, I'm in sales? Yes, you are in sales if you are in real estate investments. And it is so important to be able to, you know, let people know what's in it for them how I always recommend people get started. It's better to get started because your experience is what's really valuable. Yeah. Not the deal. We're going to wrap things up here, Julie. So do you have any favorite books or resources that you would recommend when it comes to, well, sales or raising capital or networking? What yes. books do you recommend? I would recommend Ron Legrand book, book, any books by Ron Legrand. He's fantastic. I'd also recommend a Rich Dad Poor Dad if you haven't already read that. Mm -hmm. I'd recommend Rent to Own for Canadian Investors. Is that Mark Loeffler's book? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, one last question here for you. So if people who are watching this or listening to this would like to find out more information about you, what should they do? And I think you, you, you gave a little hint about uh, perhaps even giving folks some suggestions on how to network more effect effectively. You've got a report or a book or something on that. Is that correct? Yes, I have. Basically, it's just a series of emails that'll come to you. Uh, you can find it on my website called www.streetsmartdiva.com. And it's just free tools. Click on that and you will get a series of real estate investment tools that, I'll feel, that I hope will help you you know, get started or enhance your existing real estate investment journey. Awesome. There you have it. Streetsmartdiva.com. As Julie Hoffman, a very, very astute, experienced real estate entrepreneur and a phenomenal person, as you can tell already. So, Julie, we're going to wrap things up. Any last words or anything else that you like, any shout out that you'd like to have as we wrap things up? I'd just like to say, if I can do it, you can do it. But I'm a woman, I have five kids, There's really, and I've lost everything and rebuilt. There's just no excuse, and I don't mean that in a harsh way. I mean, I mean that in an encouraging way. I want you to be able to listen to this and say, if she can go through all that and kind of have the odds stacked against her, mm -hmm. then I can do it too. And if you feel like you can do it, then, well, you're halfway there. Exactly. There you go. Highly recommend it. Check out what uh, Julie has to offer, streetsmartdiva.com, right? That's the one. Thanks a lot, Dave. Thank you. Take care. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. And if you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. 
be very, very much appreciated. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.